Come on, Eileen, up and at them. We're gonna take this town. And all to episode 89, and I have double checked it this time, so I know for a fact it is episode 89 of the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. With me is somebody I, special. It, oh, thank you. It's me, Christine. It is it's, you. I mean, it's not really anybody special. It's the person that's always here. I mean, I'm surrounded by cats too. They're kind of special, but not as special as you. Oh, thank you. They don't speak English, so it's, our <laughs> conversations are way more one-sided and can make me sound crazy. Well, ours can too. And that's a that's a valid point. Uh, what movies are we talking about today, Ms. Christine? We are talking about, and I can't wait. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm, we We're do. talking about 2015's Francis. It's like Hall, 2012 I... or 13. Actually. Oh my gosh! Okay. I think it's gonna be 2012. 2012. No, 2012. Yeah, you're completely right. The second I said it, I knew it was wrong. Francis Ha. And I have the DVD in front of me because I got it from the library. Yeah. Um, girlfriends from a year I can't find on the. 1978. Day. 1978. This DVD, 2010. Well, that just is made to confuse people. <laughs> um, yeah, 1978. Um, two movies. Uh-huh. One of them I picked, and one of them you picked. Yeah, Christine picked Frances Ha. Uh, initi- that was like her first pick of like, oh, let's do that. And then she's like, I don't know what to pair it with, so you pick something to pair it with. And I now I need to like give a disclaimer because all I knew about Frances Ha was that it was. So you fucking hadn't seen it. I had not seen Frances Ha. I'd oh, seen Girlfriends. Okay, so that's the plot thickens. Doesn't it though? Because, because now that was my main question when I was watching. I watched Francis Ha first. I then I got girlfriends. It took forever to come in from the library, and I I'm like I as I begin watching girlfriends, I think to myself, had Emily already seen Francis Ha? Is this no. why she picked this? Yeah, that's how like uh I I don't crazy this all is. Because I, I had not seen Frances Ha. All I knew about Frances Ha, I knew it was Noah Baumbach. I knew uh, it was Greta Gerwig. I knew it was about a sort of 20-something uh, in living in New York and trying to make it and having trouble and kind of a mess. I didn't know that it also, in some ways, is essentially like a remake of Girlfriends. It's basically the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um shocking yeah and it was about like 20 minutes into francis ha i'm like holy fuck how did i like i'm good i'm really good uh-huh. yeah I, I didn't know anything about francis ha except greta gerwig was yep. in it and people really liked it mm-hmm. and i was like well i i want to watch this movie but i don't know what would be appropriate to pair mm-hmm. it with and i was purely going on okay now this is a good excuse to do another independent film about a young woman in new york or the same movie about a young woman same in New York. 
Murphy. And I started Googling, like, Francis Ha plus girlfriends, and sure enough, many other a person has compared the two and put them side by side. And so I don't know how, uh, you know, revelatory we are in doing it, but it was somewhat accidental. It was not, neither of us realized quite how much mm-hmm. these two movies had in common. It It's an amazing coincidence. Yeah. Also. Yeah. It's, it's pretty special. I, I have so many thoughts about it yep. and I know we're not talking about it yet, but I will say I think the fact that they are so similar really colored my opinion of one of the movies. Had had we watched them independently, I think I would have different feelings. Interesting. Okay, yeah. sure. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, Stay bum. tuned to hear more about yeah. that. Very interesting. So, um, yeah, and I feel like we're going to talk. This is going to be another case where we're going to um, talk about these movies separately, but they're going to keep getting interwined. Yeah. Uh, and I think now... Neither of these are, like, movies with giant plot twists by any means, Mm -mm. but in part because of that, they're movies that, like, I really feel like we need the freedom to discuss everything about them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, therefore, spoiler warning that we'll be talking in depth about both. Yes. And Frances Ha is uh, streaming on Netflix, so it's easy to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Girlfriends is not. It is, uh, I think it is rentable to stream on YouTube for three bucks. And it is available, it's a Warner Archives, like, vault movie, so mm-hmm. you can buy it and they'll print it to a DVD and send it to you with no features. Um, or you could do what you both you and I did, which is go to your local library and put in a request for it and get it that way. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody had it, oh. which is why it took forever for me I to bet it was it. somebody that had just watched Francis Ha. <laughs> oh my gosh, I got Francis Ha from the library too. Oh, interesting. Because I, I knew I should watch it, but I hadn't. Sometimes it's hard for me to watch, like, things that I don't know anything about or things that aren't goofy or horror movies. I sure. I need a push, which is why I said, let's do it for the show. It'll yeah. force me to watch. No, that's, that, I'm, I'm very similar in that regard. <laughs> Whew, all right. I'm so excited to talk I about it. I am, too. All right. Before we get to the movies, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, so I don't have too many, but what have you been watching? Other than Francis I... on Girlfriends. Um, yes, I, well, I, a thing happened, and we now know who our final contestants are on Drag Race. I don't <gasps> that's know if right. you watched it. Yes, I'm all caught up. Yeah. Okay. But that's exciting. I don't want to spoil it in case you're, mm-hmm. you don't know yet. Did this episode make you cry? It totally made me cry. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, the, um, when they have to talk to their younger selves. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Yes. This is maybe the best top four ever. And see, you know what? I, I, I don't know that I agree. I feel like... I know, I'm sorry. Uh, this season of Drag Race, I think, has been, to me, a little underwhelming. I it just... It's, yeah. Like, I think of past seasons where you had Bob and Kimchi, or where you had, um, you know, uh, Alaska and Jinx, and, like, all these big names, and they were, you know... And in this case, like, I don't even have, really, a winner of the ones that are left. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like there's any front runner, and I... I don't know. I I think they've been a little underwhelming for me, um, but I thought they all did a good job this week. So I did too. I love everybody for mm-hmm. different reasons. I can say because you'd have to be under a rock to not know that Shay is still there because of course she is. Um, Shay is my winner, a hundred percent. See, and I'm uh, and Sasha. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sasha's yeah. kind of been my favorite from the beginning, and I was hoping she yeah. would stay that way and wouldn't 
you know, do what many of them do, where, like, at some point I'm like, oh, I'm over her. But no, I, I feel like Sasha has grown, so she is still my pick. Uh, although there is somebody else that I'm also really rooting for. <gasps> Um, and that, I mean, it's there. I'll just say I don't think we're giving just anything away at this point. Um, I'm starting to really, uh, really pull for peppermint, and that could just be really good editing. I don't know, but no. So if you go back, um, I have one other friend that watches it. So when when you go back to like the first episode, she and I were like, okay, immediate first impression favorites, and peppermint was like immediately one of my favorites because she's so funny in the interviews. Yeah, and then and then there was like kind of like not great performances and not great runways. Yeah, she didn't and quite seem like, as sharp, hmm? I guess. I was like, why can't she bring that awesome interview personality mm-hmm. into these actual, like, Challenges. Yeah. Challenges, yeah. And then, uh, but then all of a sudden it was like, oh, there she is. Yeah. Like, the, d- the double wig thing happened. Yep, yep. Like, there was a point where I think she kind of gained her confidence and found yeah. her footing. Her yeah. lip syncs have been fantastic. Oh my god, so good. Yeah, I could watch yeah. her lip sync forever. Uh, and, and this episode, like, just, that was the moment that I really, like, did start tearing up, was her talking to her young self, <laughs> I thought was very inspiring and everything. I wonder if you'll feel differently about it once some distance from, has come from the season and maybe, you know. Yeah, it's possible. It, it, like, yeah, I don't know, because I was very underwhelmed with the Violet Chachki season and have since rewatched that. And, and Was Violet Chachki under- the same, the Katya season? Yes. Yeah, and that was my problem with that season was Katya is one of my, fa- is my top three favorites, Katya, sure. Bianca, and Jinx. So that season I was... From the very beginning, I was rooting Katya, and I was so annoyed when she didn't make the final three, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel as though the final three were anything special, and so, yeah, yeah, that season's always bothered me. Yeah, so on rewatch, it's fun to watch, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that was me talking to you about Drag Race. Uh, um, <laughs> got no problem with that. Um, so, I've been watching Twin Peaks as well. Of course as you it have. Airs. Um, it's great, and I love it. I'm happy for you that say. it's good. Like, I, I I still have not watched Twin Peaks. It was just something I never I never started. Um, so when I saw it was coming back, I was thinking to myself, I really hope that's good, because I want Christine to enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I am. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Good. Um, and then I started watching The Muppets. It's The Muppet sh- <gasps> Television The one show. that they aired for one season? I guess so, yeah. The one, it's like the office style where it's them. Yeah. I, I loved it. It's very controversial. Where, where, what are you thinking? So far, I really like it. Yeah. Um, it's not perfect by any means, right. but it's But it's not really funny. Isn't it funny? Yeah, it really is. I mean, I found myself laughing at it the way I would at, like, watching The Office. Something like a sitcom yeah. that is just firing on all cylinders. It's got really snappy writing. For yeah. Her. And there is at one point, basically, it was retooled because I because it was getting kind of some bad press because I think people felt it was very mean. Um, and when they did do that, I was worried, but it's still really good once that happens. And it, it you mm-hmm. do see an attitude switch where it does get a little kinder. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still really funny. And so I'm so I was so bummed when that didn't get renewed because I found it hilarious. Yeah, I I'm really enjoying it. I think we're like five or six episodes in. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, there, there's probably not a terrible amount more. I think there was probably like yeah. tw- like fifteen maybe or so. I'm not sure, but I'll be curious once you get to like the switch. What you think? If you notice okay, it or yeah. not. 
I'll um I'll let, I'll keep you updated because I think we're gonna stick with it. I think we were just kind of. What, let's try this out. Cool. Because Muppets from Space is on my list of movies I watched. And then, so I think it was like, let's take a look at this. And yeah, then, makes sense. I was like, this is good. Nice. Um, all right. So the actual movies I watched, um, I watched a movie that I think you would really like, but I don't know how you're going to find it. So I really struggle with even mentioning okay. it. Okay. It's 2016. It's called A Dark Song. Okay. I have not heard of it. Um, somebody saw it at a festival. Like ah. A friend of mine saw it at a festival and recommended it, and I may have acquired it. Found a way not to watch the best it. Best means. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate saying that. And right. I hate doing that, but I will. I will throw my money at this movie as soon as I can. Maybe I'll VOD it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Irish. It's super good, and the dude from Sightseers is in it. You saw. Oh yeah, I love Sightseers. The redheaded uh, guy. Yes. Cool. I like him. It was fantastic, and I loved it. It's a it's a it's a scary movie, nice. I guess you could say. But um, big recommend from cool. me. Um, a movie similar to this called Hounds of Love. Okay. Um, if I ever start to see these streaming, I'm going to scream about them. Um, this is a movie that I'm going to buy. It is Australian, I believe. It is a weird kidnapping, um, super upsetting movie. Both of these movies have really interesting female protagonists mm-hmm. I like um, and they're super disturbing and I loved them so this that one's a supernatural scary movie and one's a violent upsetting kidnap movie I, I like both of those kinds of movies so they're good and then I went and saw a movie at the Seattle International Film Festival did you um, now with listener of the show Christy oh hello Christy which is just was a, a fantastic experience and i'm super glad i got to meet her but also hey. super glad i got to at least see one movie because i kind of showed up here when sif was like not like it's going on now but like i wasn't prepared i didn't plan i didn't research movies so i would like to do it better next time <laughs> yeah i mean i'm one to talk because i live in new york where there is constant like the tribeca film festival the asian film festival and it just yeah. seems like too much work <laughs> to try to yeah. even get tickets to anything this was super like easy going like in, coming from austin where it's, extre- it's and extremely so stressful. yeah yeah this like i i mean i researched it i looked at what horror movies were playing i saw you know ones that i liked we picked a time i bought a ticket stood in line for a couple minutes went in and it was great you know like yeah, so if good, i can good. just replicate that that's fine <laughs> Maybe so, you shouldn't tell people about the festival so it doesn't get more competitive. It was it, it was cool. I mean, I, I'm sure they do some movies that maybe garner a little bit more attention. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to see like like an Irish horror movie at 9:30 on a Friday night, like maybe you're okay. <laughs> so this is a movie called Without Name. Okay. It's going to be very hard for you to remember. But if I ever see it streaming no anywhere, I'm going to make you watch it because I I want to know what you think about it. Okay. It's like a nature horror movie what country is it from what what is what 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 country ireland 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 it's from ireland Ireland. got it it's irish so it's english language but it's like set in the irish countryside i think Ooh, okay and it's like like the kind of like imagine if the happening were better but like (laughs) it's, it's like nature is out to get us or or is it kind of movie um there were shades of it that seemed a little trite and stupid and i kind of hated but like it was really beautiful and interesting so all right remind me when you hear it available if if i yes so all of these movies i will mention again once they're easier to find 
Um, I watched A Cure for Wellness, and I hated it. You know, that was one that, like, I looked at the trailer, I'm like, wow, that trailer actually looks pretty cool. I'm never going to see that movie, but that was a cool-looking trailer. It's so long. And that was a thing I remember then seeing. I'm like, you know, maybe if that comes on two and a half hours, fuck that. And it feels like eesh, two and a half hours. Eesh. Like, halfway through it, we paused it, probably just to, like, go to the bathroom or something. And um, I'm so glad I didn't see it in the theater. Paused it, and it was like, there's still half of, how is there half of this movie left? Boy, that's the worst it, feeling. It was really weirdly put together. It didn't seem like anybody cared if the plot made any sense. And do you not think like it a, was cut? Do you think it should have been, like, three hours long? Maybe? Yeah. I... It was just like it could have been really cool. I know a lot of people had problems with it, but I've seen I've seen Defenders. You know what? It's it's messy and mm-hmm. sloppy and not awesome. Which is typical me, of Korverbinski. Just... Visually, it looks really cool, but oh man, it just keeps going. And you know what was really weird? And you and I have talked about this, uh, funnily enough, because of Step Up movies. But like, you have this beautiful shot and this this beautiful thing that you're you're filming why are you cutting away from it so much yeah yeah don't stop it yeah trust it trust your visuals it looked so pretty but then it was like oh no you're not looking at that anymore Ah. oh now you're looking at nope now now we're taking it away like stop it just do like a long nice slow shot Mm -hmm. but i didn't like it and i could have I, I shouldn't have watched it. I knew I wasn't going to like it, but I thought, like, maybe I'll be one of those that's like, yeah, it's great. It wasn't. Well. Um, Zach has never seen The Village, even though he knew the twist. Well, and he, I, um, that's a twist that I feel like you can figure out pretty quickly. And then you're wondering, okay, uh-huh. well, I guess, so that's the reveal, but is there, like, a plot? And then you find out there's no plot. There's none. So we got we watched that. I, I, I think this is all of the M Night Shyamalan movies we've watched. Um, I don't know. I, I, at least I think I might like Lady in the Water more than I like this movie. I mean, there's a lot of movies I like more this than The Village, so I would believe that. Yeah. Uh, um. I wonder if I should skip this. I'm gonna skip this one. I saw Alien Covenant in the theater. Oh, where did you fall on it? It was a movie. I liked Prometheus better, but, like, I liked Prometheus, and no one else did. Well, I mean, Prometheus is probably the one of the easiest um, movies to call divisive, because I don't know anybody that's meh on Prometheus. People live to defend it, or people just hate it and point out how stupid it is. Uh, for me, like, yeah. I can, like, it is stupid. I think Prometheus is... Almost offensively stupid, but it's pretty enough, and it has some cool ideas that I don't, I can forgive it because it entertained me. Uh, mm-hmm. With Alien Covenant, I figured I'm like, eh, I'm gonna wait mm-hmm. to hear what people think about it, well, and from... boy, do people seem to hate it. Well, for me, it was less pretty and made mm. less sense. Mm. It seemed like less, in- it was less interesting. They made really weird choices. I've heard that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad I saw it because, you know, sure, like, I'd like to see what they're trying to do with this franchise. Right. But, like, uh, I don't know. It didn't have anything redeemed. Like, like Prometheus had the cast. It was really yeah. pretty to look at. It was very pretty. Like, stupid or not, like, there were things to show up for. Right. This has got two fastbenders in it. That's the only reason to show up for this <laughs> fucking movie. Good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah. Yes. 
I watched a movie with Daniel Radcliffe called Imperium about like white nationalism and Nazis. Uh, okay, and I've stuff. seen a poster for it. Any good? It was all right. Mm-hmm. I got it from the library. Well, it's just nice to see a, a movie about terrorism that isn't about brown people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't just, argue that. It's just I don't know. I like like the idea of going undercover and all that stuff. Like it's it's interesting and like solve like getting to the bottom of the, this like this plot to take people down like that's interesting so it's cool that it was just awful people that already like live here and that are from here mm-hmm. and we didn't have to vilify some outsider to do that um it's based on a true story and then there's like special features where they're talking about the true story Ooh. and it sounded way more interesting than the actual oh movie. that's a shame <laughs> um, I watched a documentary about her- Herbalife. Herbal you know that stuff? I feel like I've seen the ads for it everywhere. Yeah, and it was everywhere in New York. And then I moved to Texas and I didn't see it as much. Um, it's a weird documentary if you want to see crooked people selling health supplements. You know, to I feel like... Folks. Yeah, I feel like my parents neighbors may have been like sellers of it mm-hmm. right because that was the kind of thing like you like not like avon but sort of at like a more corporate level yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. i think they might have done that Ooh, what was this documentary called i kind of want to watch it I, I think it's called betting on zero okay i can i can yeah i'm almost positive it is but i can type it into okay I'm, um i would recommend it it was really interesting and kind of um infuriating mm-hmm. but it's like unlike avon where you you, you know, you show somebody an Avon book and they go, oh, I want that and that. And then you order it and they send it to you and then you hand it to the person. You have to buy all your product Ooh. and then try to sell it. Yeah, that's that's another way to do it. Um, so, yes, it is called Betting on Zero. And it okay. was streaming on Netflix. Yeah, I'll give that a go. I'm intrigued. So you, you totally should. Um, I watched The Lake House. Which, was, which, was that the Keanu Reeves-Sandra Bullock movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, what did you think of this one? So it's batshit crazy. I'm so glad I watched it. <laughs> There's an episode of How Did you, How did This Get Made about it um, that's very much worth listening to and watching this movie. Um, it's such a fucking crazy movie. Do you know what it's about? I know it involves, like, not time, sort of time travel, right? Like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like dimensional something oh, something. I think it was, like, on... Because we, I think we have Showtime now to get Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it was on, like, the Showtime, like, whatever Showtime's version of HBO Go is. Sure. And we just started watching it. I don't know where else it's available, but, oh, boy. <laughs> we should cover it at some point. <laughs> it's crazy shit. I, 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 I thought about it, it would drive me insane because it doesn't, none of the time travel stuff makes sense. Rarely does it. Like, I'm watching 12 Monkeys now and I really enjoy it, but I'm like, I've given up on applying any logic to this show at this point. Yeah. It, it's just so frustrating when someone's like, I'm going to make a movie, it's actually a romance, but I'm going to use time travel as, as, as like a plot device, but I'm not going to pay any attention to the rules of time travel. <laughs> But you could argue yeah. Terminator does that too, so. Yes, yeah, it's true. Ugh, I mean, I guess you could pick anything apart and, yep. and get irritated. Uh, I followed that up by watching Premonition, which is a Sandra Bullock movie. I don't know this one. Oh my gosh, it's such a weird movie. She, like, so Sandra Bullock, um, her husband dies, like, right at the beginning. That's not a spoiler, just it's the point of the movie. And then, so she finds out her husband dies, and then all of a sudden, like, she starts losing time but like 
you find out that she's like jumping back and forth from days in a week so she's not experiencing that week linearly <laughs> Sandra Bullock had a period of where she was very interested in making movies about time travel eh? it's uh, it's so weird the ending is bizarre it's strange Julian McMahon plays her husband so I mean that alone is a reason to show up but it's a weird movie and I kind of loved it nice I watched Muppets in Space but I already said that but what did you now what do you think of Muppets from Space Muppets in Space or Muppets from Space Muppets in space. Muppets I in space. Um, where, yeah, where do you fall on this one? I don't like it. Yeah, I, I remember not caring for it that much. <laughs> I feel this like is the third time I've seen. It. If memory serves, the Miss Piggy plot is infuriating. Where she's like um, a television host. Yeah, but it's like really over the top, and it's one of those when they kind of put they don't know what to do with Miss Piggy, so they just give her a subplot. That where she gets to be like Miss Piggy at her worst. No, that's so. It's so interesting you say that because so we were watching that and I said to Zach, when they don't know what to do with Miss Piggy, I cannot stand watching her. Yeah. But I can't say I don't like Miss Piggy because like Great Muppet Caper pretty much is her movie. Yeah. And she, it's it's a it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She's so funny and great in that movie. Oh, and I don't know how again how far you've gotten on the show, but I love Miss Piggy on the show because they've. She's- like they've made she's her human, Jenna and she's from, great. She's basically Jenna from Thirty Rock. It's oh, she is. Yeah, with I mean, the show is basically Thirty Rock. Yeah. It's it's so good. Had you pitched that show to me, I would have been like, I'm there, a hundred percent. Yeah. But I didn't know that that's what the show. Oh. I'm sorry. I thought I was pretty vocal about how much I love the show. I'm sorry I failed you. You're not a Nielsen viewer, so I guess it doesn't I, matter. I guess it doesn't matter but i had no idea the final movie i will talk about is wonder woman which i saw okay i did too so let's talk about wonder woman i thought you did that's why i said yeah i saw it yesterday uh yesterday afternoon (gasps) um look no no movie is perfect especially no origin story get the fuck out of here with your origin stories i'm sick of it (laughs) but this movie was great. I liked it so very mm-hmm. much. There was so much to like. And if you filled up a paper with th- pros and cons, the cons list, sure, it wouldn't be empty. Yep. But it would be greatly outweighed by what was put down in the pros column. Yeah, I agree with your statement 100%. Well, that's because we're very smart. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, the, the cons for me was probably... The final act felt very, oh, right, this is the new DC color palette of movies, so everything has to look yeah. very um, yep. CG'd, but, like, dark with an orange fire glow. Like, it felt, like I have, I didn't see Batman vs. Superman because I hated Man of Steel so much, and I know I, I, like, I'm somebody, I try never to judge a movie I haven't seen, and that's in part why I'm not even going to bother seeing Batman vs. Superman, because I know there's nothing, there's no way I'm going to like that movie. Um... So I'm not saying I hate that movie. I'm just saying I'm pretty sure I would hate it. Uh, yeah. And and that final act felt a little bit like, oh, right, this is this feels like it's this universe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, You're completely right about that. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and I mean, this you probably would not agree with this because you're usually less of a fantasy person than I am. I could have taken the entire movie set on that island. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's saying a lot, because typically I hate shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised to hear you say that. 
Um, me too. When they left, I was legitimately bummed. Right, because like, oh. the mother's like, you might never come back. I'm like, no, please go back. Please, please go back. This is, it's so much more interesting. Even Chris Pine on the island, not, yeah, no, yeah, that's his name. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, but there's so Pine many Chris's, just whichever, yeah. Yeah, the, and that's another drawback. Yeah, I, I mean, it didn't bother me too much, but Brandon pointed out, he's like, you know, because it, because he kept saying, oh, it feels a lot like Captain America. Like the first one, and I'm like, ah, but you know what? Now, like, yes and no. And then, then there was a point where I'm like, oh yeah, and I guess you could say that there is an, you know, a handsome love interest named Steve, played by an actor named Chris, who has a moment that is very similar to a big scene in the first Captain America. But hey, whatever. No, it's it's completely true. I am I am the one you found me. I don't like that Captain America movie at all i've seen it multiple times i'm trying to figure out what everyone sees in it i just don't like it i like Um, it but i loved captain america winter soldier is still my favorite of the marvel movies uh captain america after that would probably be like number four or five for me like i do really like Mm it i also because i and especially after peggy carter the show i'm such a peggy carter fan that having her makes me happy so no i i mean i just think you know it's i can recognize why people get it but it's one of those things where i can't i can't force myself to enjoy it the way that other people seem to sure um i i liked wonder woman way more than i liked um captain america i think it i thought it was so great and then i wondered the things that i didn't like because i was a very big avengers fan when it came out okay and and i've watched the commentary and all the special features like multiple times um and Joss Whedon was very clear in the fact that he received certain instructions, certain scenes had to be in the movie, and right. he had to create the movie around it. Of course. I wonder how many, many things were are, were already required yeah. by the time, like, Patty Jenkins got involved. Like, we have to have this fight, or we have to have this scene, or we have to have this explanation, Yeah, you know? Or we have to have this many moments of slow motion. <sighs> There's a quota. There was a there was a lot of slow motion. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, no, this is a huge DC... I mean, I know they didn't throw as much money at it, at it as some of like, the Marvel movies, for instance. But, like, this is a huge DC property. They're not just going to let somebody roll in there and do whatever the fuck they want with it. Yeah, they can't... And, I mean, none of the Marvel movies have either. Yeah. As... Like, they're, they're, she's going to need to hit some, hit some yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, There are requirements that kind of had to be met. And, I mean, Patty Jenkins... It does not... That's why it was so interesting when she was hired, because she was originally going to direct Thor, I think, or Thor 2. I don't remember which one. And I think it was Thor 2, right? I think it was Thor 2, and she either left the project or got fired early on, and I think it was a creative differences issue, mm-hmm. which you understand, and I've, I've, like, I've heard other directors kind of say they would not or don't really ever want to direct a Marvel or DC movie, because they know they can't really work in those confines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, clearly there were confines on Wonder Woman, but she definitely managed to put, you know, that the, and I feel like that's very, very evident in that last chunk. But I think for most of it, it yeah. didn't feel like this was a, you know, um, a committee-based movie. This did feel like a passionate director's movie. For sure. So I wonder if the things that felt out of place for me or that I didn't love maybe were things that 
were kind of shoehorned mm. into the movie. I wouldn't be surprised. So, but I liked it overall. Like I'm, su- I was super happy with it. Um, I went to a, the lo- a local theater over here opening night. Nice. I figured like this is going to be good. I'll get a good crowd because I mean it's late enough. There probably won't be a lot of kids, mm-hmm. which is fine. I-, I love kids, but sometimes they they talk and stuff. <laughs> the fucking dudes behind us were so bad, Ugh. so loud, repeating lines, repeating jokes. At one point, um, I there's. Uh, clearly she changes outfits i mean she's wearing an amazon outfit she needs to yep. go put on like a, a like i'm walking down the street outfit yeah there's a shopping <laughs> montage which i'm always happy to have i thought that was cute this dude behind me fucking starts making jokes about like her doing a strip tease and i was like i'm done i'm gonna turn around and sock one of these people in the face you know it's um maybe like theaters should have something like women only screenings of a movie like this look i don't know I'm to it, but if you try, some people might lose their fucking mind. No, why would anybody be offended by such a thing? But, like, I thought it was interesting that, like, oh, everyone's up in... There are people, not everyone, there are people up in arms about the idea of a woman-only screening. At that moment, I would have given anything to not have to fucking listen to that. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's frustrating. it, It made me super mad, but I liked the movie. I'm glad you liked it, too. I did, yeah, we saw it yesterday, um... We did the AMC, uh, we did the theater with recliners. (gasps) I went to one of those. Oh my God. They have a regal like that. A regal in downtown Seattle where you pick your seats and they have recliners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, um, it's kind of like, we did it, I'm trying to remember the first movie we did it for, I think was, um, oh, I did it for Mad Max Fury Road a few years Mm -hmm. ago. And it was like, after that moment, I'm like, this is the only way I'm going to see movies. And we try now. We really try. Every time a movie comes out, we're like, is it on AMC Prime? Because mm-hmm. I I am willing to pay. Was, our tickets ended up, because we bought them online, being $25 each. Oof. Um, welcome to Manhattan, everybody. This is, yep. you know, one of the many reasons I don't go to the movies that much. So a movie like that, I'm... And especially if it's going to be any kind of, like, long movie, I want to be comfortable. So I'm like, ah, fine. You know, I... I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, it's the great... See, the other great thing about that theater is you don't notice people behind you and in front of you. Yeah. Um, so our theater was good. I mean, it was pretty crowded, and it wasn't sold out. It was, again, a week after the movie had come out. Um, people seemed well-behaved, so that was good. Uh, yeah, and I'm similar with you. I the, the opening, like, 20, 30 minutes had me, like, my heart pumping the whole time. Yep. I mean, everybody said it, but yeah, I want a movie of Robin Wright as that character. It was so good. So good. Uh, the over, like, visuals, I liked it kind of until that third act. Um, I I liked the choice to do it, World War One. I. Um, I think, I'm glad they didn't do World War Two, just because, and they probably decided that maybe because of Captain America, but mm-hmm. also because I think we don't see World War One that often, we often see World War Two. And World War II is also loaded with so much more that it it's hard to do that in a way that wouldn't that would have felt still light, I guess. Whereas with World War One, it's mm-hmm. more about the the technology of this war and how devastating it was, and you don't have to necessarily bring in all of the other uh, politics of it, I guess. Uh, Gal, Gal Gadot or Gadot? I think it's. I think you pronounce the T, apparently, but she's fantastic. Yeah, I, I heard people talking about it on NPR, and I tried to, like, burn into my brain the correct pronunciation of her name, but, like, 
I, I didn't. I immediately forgot. She was amazing. She was fantastic. She made me so happy. Yeah. I could watch two hours of her just pulling faces behind people's backs. Like, even when she wasn't talking, she was just, like, reacting to everything. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was really cute. Yeah, she was wonderful. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. I, and I mean, for me, I, my big thing was I wanted to give it money. I wanted it to do well. I wanted it to do well more than I wanted it to be good. Cause I just, you know, d- because if it, if it flopped, we would not get another one of these in a very long time. Uh, and it has done well it hit both critically and commercially. Um, so yay on all fronts. Yay. <sighs> yeah, that was, it was stressful. But we got through it. Hooray. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I did. Yeah, I was, you know, I was happy. Made me feel very good. Yay. All right. Um, all right. So then what I've watched, uh, not many, because, again, it's we haven't recorded that long ago. Um, here's one that I, you probably never would have expected me to watch. <gasps> what? All right. So when I was on vacation recently and we had rented a beach house with my in-laws and one of the features of this beach house was that they had a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. And the pinball machine was a Pirates of the Caribbean-themed pinball machine. And my husband played pinball a lot while we were away. I played, like, mm-hmm. two games, and I'm not very good at pinball, so I didn't, wasn't that excited about it. Uh, but when we came home, he kind of said, I kind of want to watch the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So we watched <gasps> the first one. I had seen it when it first came out in the theaters. I saw it because I was really excited for a Pirates movie back in 2003, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I still enjoy it. It's uh, it's fun. It's the, the series got so convoluted and overlong and uh, one of those series that felt like it needed to be, to, needed to be more complicated than it did because they yeah. just had to be fun movies about pirates. Um, but the first movie is a fun movie about pirates and... You know, it goes on long, maybe, but it's also, at the time, we hadn't seen pirate sword fights in a really long time. Have you ever seen these movies? I saw the first one. I'm trying to remember. I think I saw the first one, um, like, on, like, video when it first came out, like, at home. I don't know that I've ever seen any other ones. I've never, I didn't particularly enjoy what I had seen. Mm, Also, like, I don't like Johnny Depp. Uh, I don't like his shtick when yeah. he's Captain Jack. I don't like pirates, particularly. Like, that's you talk about my aversion to fantasy. Right, you're <laughs> also a pirate. Just, yeah, like there's something about that that is is the opposite of appealing to me. I think I watched the one where there's the first one with Jeffrey Rush and there's pirate ghosts. Is that the yeah? First that's one? that's the first one. Yeah. So I guess I have seen that one. Yeah, um, I love pirates, and I remember being. Uh, in high school and college and wondering, like, I wonder if we'll ever get a pirate movie again, because we had, like, two in our lifetime, because after Cutthroat Island bombed, nobody ever wanted to make one again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I remember in 2003, when they were filming Pirates of the Caribbean, it being, like, in the papers every week about all how this movie was going to bomb, because Johnny Depp was apparently crazy and was, like, coming to set with, you know, black teeth, and the producers were hated what he was doing. And um, when the movie came out, I was so happy because I'm like, hey, first of all, that they that it did work. And it was a case where, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny Depp is probably a piece of shit. Um, but when he, as an actor, kind of committed to a certain extremism, 
uh, it was really fresh and it was unlike anything else. And nobody else could have given that performance in that movie because that was all him. Uh, and the movie itself is fun. I think Kira Knightley is really good in it and really spirited. Um, Jeffrey Rush is fun. And there's pirates yeah. and a monkey. So all those reasons. I, I was happy to have watched it. Are you going to watch all of them now? No. Nope. No. No, I'm good. I don't need to okay. watch another nine hours of these movies. I'm good. Um, You're very smart. I'm very... You're very smart. I Sometimes. In some areas. Yeah. I if, if you lived in my house, you would be forced to watch all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... And what's funny is, like, my instinct would be to keep... Now, I've seen them, so I don't really need to see them again. Um, my instinct is always to kind of finish a series if I start a series. My husband's is not. Like, if he sees a movie, he's like, it's good. And then it's like, oh, you know, they made a sequel. And he's like, no, I don't I don't need to see it. And for me, like, I usually do. But with these movies, I've seen yeah. them, and I know they're all 12 hours long, so I'm okay. Uh, all right, the other, just a few other things I watched. Actually, just, like, two other things I watched. One was a documentary on Netflix that was expiring on Netflix, so I finally decided to watch it before it expired. And that was Knuckleball, which is mm-hmm. a documentary about knuckleball pitchers. So um, it is really specific to baseball fans. If you're not a baseball fan, I don't think this would really appeal to you. Uh, but it follows primarily Tim Wakefield of the Red, of the Red Sox and Ari Dickey when he was a Met. So I was a big fan of him when he was pitching for the Mets two years ago. And the documentary kind of follows these guys and then also other pitchers who have thrown knuckleball. Uh, in doing so, it, it talks a lot about the pitch and this being and sort of it being such an odd... Uh, trick of pitching but it also in doing that talks a lot about baseball as a career as a whole Uh, Mm -hmm. so I enjoyed it I found it um, you know I learned some things and found it entertaining Uh, and then the other movie I watched in full was also a Netflix instant watch and it was called Dig Two Graves this was a Mm -hmm. this was a horror movie uh, recent 2014 or 15 or so Ted Levine stars in it uh I, I like this quite a bit. I didn't love it, but I liked it. It's about a young girl. Uh, so it's also, here's one of the things I really liked about it, was it is set in 1977. Uh, okay. And it is also sort of set then, and stuff had happened in 1947, and sort of a 30 years later type thing. And it's a case where, like, I feel like it was really smart of the filmmaker to ground it in that era, just because it, it makes it visually a little more interesting without him having to try too hard. Like, it's not bell-bottoms and afros. Like, it's not crazy 70s. Yeah. It just kind of cuts away technology. It sort of, like, simplifies everything in a way that just lets it be about these characters, I guess. Um, and it's sort of a young girl who her and her brother are playing around. Uh, in town, there's this big, like, over-look over uh, water and they're playing he jumps in never to be seen again so every he's dead maybe um and then she happens to run into these three sort of mysterious magical men who kind of make an offer with her to say hey if you sacrifice one of your friends we can bring your brother back and you find out there's reasons for these men being there and it has to do with something that happened 30 years earlier with a young ted levine uh, mm-hmm. levine levine buffalo bill you know who i mean mm-hmm. um and so it's not like a brutal horror film. It's not overly scary as a ghost story, but I found it really watchable and well done. Um, 
I think you would like it. Really? Yeah, I think so. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. Again, not... I don't want to oversell it. Um, yeah. It satisfied me, I guess, is what I should say. <laughs> uh, and it is on instant, so you can give it a go. And yeah, then, yeah. I might, I might have seen it. I have to look up the, what the cover looks like. I might have seen it go by because the title sounded kind it's of It's like a girl underwater, I think, is the yeah. cover. Uh, and the, the young girl is really good, too. She was in Captain Fantastic. She's one of the kids. Um, mm-hmm. Just a very solid young actress with a really good presence about herself where she's not she's very natural and isn't overdoing anything um so it was it was like i'd be curious what you think i i would recommend Mm it um and then just in like flipping around a lot i feel like i have watched um a lot of the original mummy on tv a lot not the original but the 2001 whatever it was uh it's been on tv a lot and i think i've watched the entire thing without sitting down and watching it and i still (laughs) like that movie it's stupid but it has a fun heart about it I've always enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I would th- never say, like, it was good. But right. I've, I've watched it. Like, I think it used to be on TBS constantly. Always, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just dumb fun, and I enjoy yeah. it for that. Um, and also, we watched, like, half of Lifetime a couple years ago did a remake of Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, like, an all-black cast. And it was on TV one morning, and, like, before we knew it, we'd sat there and watched, like, an hour of it. And it was really good. It's a really good cast. It's, um... Felicia Rashad, Elfrey Woodard, who's fantastic in everything. Um, Queen Latifah is the Sally Field role. It was really good. I can't give a full review because basically when Shelby got sick, we both realized we were not in a mood to watch it get really sad. Mm-hmm. So we stopped watching at that point. But um, I enjoy it. As somebody who, Steve Magnolias is in like my top 30 films probably. It like probably just missed my top 25. Um I never thought I wanted to watch a remake of it, but I found it very enjoyable. Those act like oh, it's a, interesting. It's really good actors, and they're bringing some like interesting energy. And uh, the film like doesn't. They don't really change anything. It's just instead of it being all white southern ladies, it's all black southern ladies, and it mm-hmm. seemed to work really well. So I would recommend it if anybody was ever curious about that one. And those are my movies. So pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, small little run, but a good one. Uh, I guess we will take a break, and now, you do you want to go chronologically, Girlfriends first, or do you feel like you want to talk about Francis Ha first? Oh, let's try to start talking about Girlfriends first, but you, you really hit the nail on the head when you said um, that we're just going to end up talking about them at the same time. All right, you know what? We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about both Girlfriends and Francis Ha at the same time. <laughs> we'll be right back. They call you Lady Luck But there is room for doubt At times you have a very unladylike way of running out You're on this date with me The pickings have been lush And yet before this evening is over You might give me the brush You might forget your manners You might refuse to stay And so the best that I can do Is pray 
be a lady tonight Luck be a lady tonight Luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with Luck be a lady tonight 1978's Girlfriends and 2012's Francis Ha. So we'll start with Girlfriends, and I think these are just going to kind of merge together and such. I feel like they'll just naturally become the same discussion. Very possible. Uh, so this movie came out in 1978, but it was one of those movies that I think was filmed over a, like over a year or two because um, there was not much funding for it. So my understanding is that... Um, the director was kind of, uh, they were able, whoever they could assemble on the weekends, they would get and they would film and it, uh, took some time, which is why some characters, um, looks vary quite a bit between different scenes and so on. Um, but eventually this is what we got. It was a, uh, it's the movie that didn't get a wide release, but aired at festivals and kind of smaller releases and got a lot of good notice, but just never quite found the market for itself mm-hmm. um stanley kubrick spoke very highly of it and when asked what his favorite movie of the year was in 1980 he said his favorite movie was girlfriends um and i had first seen it on tcm i'd recorded it i was i do a thing where i'll like just go to tcm and see what's airing um mm-hmm. and kind of just poke around and see if anything that um either i've never heard of that sounds interesting or something that i've heard of that i've never seen and this one, the description of this movie, which still infuriates me, mm-hmm. uh, I believe said something to the effects of a chubby photographer in the 1970s tries to make it in New York. <laughs> and So, first of all, that's not a way to describe a movie. No. Second of all, she's not chubby. My God, I will punch anybody in the face if they call this woman chubby. I would lay down in a street to be that kind of chubby. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Come on, people. Yeah, and like we see her naked at one scene, and I was watching that scene. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" They thought that was chubby. Well, see, she she does wear a lot. I mean, as is the style at the time, she wore a lot of big, like bulky, billowy clothes. Yes, and she's quite busty, so she could look a little frumpy, I guess. Sure, but like maybe say frumpy and not chubby. Yeah, maybe. Not that either one is good, but like right and. Make judgments about the, the woman's body. Please. Yeah. And one of the things I love about this movie is that this character is not by any means not sexy. And she is not like, she's insecure about different things. Yeah. But when it comes to kind of her control over sex, not that I won't say relationships, but definitely like she's confident enough to be at a party with a guy she just met and say, hey, do you want, do you want to go to your place? Yes. And she's not dejected when he kind of says, oh, actually, I wanted to talk to some people at the party. Um, you know, she doesn't go home and eat a bag of potato chips after that. Uh, well, they did end up going home together, so I mean. Exactly, yeah. You just you just <laughs> needed to think about it for a little bit. It all worked out. Indeed. Um, should, we, should we go over the, 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 the plot as I, IMDb says? Oh, God. I, I was just about that. to ask you to give me a synopsis, so sure. I can't because this movie's not about anything. True. Not to say that that's good or bad, but I can't tell you what it's about because I'll go off on a tangent about an, about an art show. Um, <laughs> a photographer and her girlfriend are roommates. She is stuck with a small change 
shoot she is stuck with small change shooting jobs and dreams of success when her roommate decides to get married and leave she feels hurt and has to learn how to deal with living alone so sure kind of not really okay so this movie's called girlfriends and yes it's it's as much it's it's a as much about her relationship with Anne, I believe her name yes, is Anne. the her her former roommate. It it is sure it's about that, but it's also more just about her, our main character who is Susan, um, just kind of being a person. Yep. Um. So I guess maybe the 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 catalyst for a lot of things that happened is the way she reacts to her best friend, you know, leaving, moving out, and getting married. But it's not the whole thing the whole thing's not about their relationship no by no means um i mean it's kind of framed that way because we kind we don't see Anne for about half the film once she moves out she kind of comes you know she comes back here and there and when she does it it does kind of give sort of different sort of signposts to susan of different things yeah um you know and it's and i mean this is also true of francis ha where you don't see the best friend the best friend comes back and points out something to our main character, who then our main character, you know, that might influence a decision or two she makes. Uh, and then this film ends with, you know, and it, there's no, there is no real plot of this movie. There's no, there's different things that happen and there's different uh, lead ups and such. But the end of the movie is really just what happens in the last, you know, 10 minutes of the movie comes back to Anne. Uh, but by no means is it a... It, it ultimately doesn't even decide any direction of Susan at that point. It's just, yeah. oh yeah, and Anne made this decision, uh, and this is how, you know, and it's not even how Susan reacts to that decision. It's just, yeah, this is another moment of their friendship, yeah, you know, and we see that. Yeah, the uh, plot is, I mean, there is very little plot. It's, um, we see her get different jobs, we see her in different relationships, we see her in, mm-hmm. I guess two real relationships in this movie um one is she uh she's a photographer so she shoots a lot of bar mitzvahs and weddings so Mm -hmm. she works a lot with a particular rabbi played by eli wallach where she you know so she kind of has a friendship with him and it's it's um kind of a very natural just friendship for a while and then one night things get romantic Mm -hmm. and then Um, You know, she gets a day to kind of be really excited about this very new, very different relationship with an older man who happens to be married. And a week later, she realizes, yeah, no, that's not going anywhere. Uh, And then we circle back to said man she met at a party, played by a young Christopher Guest. Yep. Uh, For the ladies out there, I would like, like to tell you that you get to see both Christopher Guest and Bob Balaban's ass in this movie you do i forgot yeah. about that and can we say so were you as surprised as i was that bob balaban kind of had a nice ass um he always looked like him yes he was he was very handsome i was i i i did enjoy him quite a bit in this yeah. movie he plays he, uh, he might be my favorite part of this movie Ooh, okay he's <laughs> he is great he is Anne's husband yes. um and so i i actually do really like him in this because on one hand, it would have been very easy to make him not villainous, but antagonistic. Yeah. Um, you know, he is your your best friend's 
husband who you kind of feel took her away from you. And the movie, but the movie doesn't do that to him. The movie, he is always pleasant. Um, you know, you, you get the sense that he is very different from, you know, he is, uh, seems to be wealthier and seems to kind of come from money. You kind of get that sense. Um, mm-hmm. But he's always seems to be pretty understanding. And then when he's, or you get also get the sense that, well, maybe him and Anne don't fully understand each other. Um, but yeah, he's delightful in this. And he has a shockingly nice ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Christopher Guest in this movie, did you kind of hate him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? Um, so he is kind of the more traditional partner for somebody like Susan because he's around her age. Yeah. Um, I forget what his, is he a writer or do they say what he does? Careful, careful. Sorry. Um. Oh man, I knew. He, he, he talks about teaching at the, one point, which makes me think that maybe art, he's supposed to be right? like, yeah, a teacher and a writer, I guess. Yeah. Um, he, and you know, they kind of have a very traditional 20 something relationship mm-hmm. right it's like they um it's everything they seem to fit well they seem to get along well and such until little things that he does that um i don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where something like this happened but like when they make plans to have dinner with her friends and at the last mm-hmm. minute he's like i don't really want to go um, how angry were you? I was so angry at that moment because that's a moment um, that I identify with. He was he was really obnoxious. Um, the thing is that I found Susan really dislikable as well. Really, and and not in like a charming like um, this will like it's part of her journey way. Like I thought she was obnoxious through and through. Um, I was really irritated by a lot of her decisions, and I may maybe that's supposed to be the point. Mm-hmm. I I didn't I didn't get why she put up with that dude in the least. Like he was so fucking irritating, and like I almost felt manipulative. Fair, yeah. I didn't. I really didn't care for him at all. Um, and I didn't. So yeah, I didn't care for their relationship at all. Um. I I'm struggling not to already bring up Francis Ha. I'm oh no, but I think that's it. a good place to draw the comparison <laughs> because I think so, Susan yeah. is I, I it's she I mean she is not a whereas Greta Gerwig and Francis Ha is a lovable character. Yes. Because she is adorably charming and funny and very um self self-deprecating, I guess. Uh, Susan in this movie isn't necessarily those things. No. Um, so I almost feel like, and I could, this is maybe a terrible thing to say, but like, Girlfriends is fine, but Francis Ha fixes everything that's wrong with it and makes <sighs> maybe one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. I fucking love Francis Ha so much. It was a rel- revelatory experience to watch it. I am so glad I did. I wept through the entire end of it it is beautiful and wonderful and perfect <laughs> so but and i don't think i think if i hadn't watched both of them at the same time i would have liked girlfriends more interesting yeah i, I could see that um, so i had a lot of problems with susan i had a lot of problems with susan because she was so like 
she she never I didn't and maybe this is the point like she maybe she was supposed to be a dislikable character that never actually really went on a journey because she didn't she actually had a job utilizing her skill which I have a problem with in movies and television when people don't fucking appreciate that I would I would do anything to have that granted it was taking stupid pictures of things she didn't want to take pictures of but it also enabled her to continue on her creative journey as well Mm -hmm. she gets in a show and then is like oh yeah I don't care set them up however you want doesn't go and see how they're set up and then says oh you should have you oh they weren't they're not set up right let's change them no a hundred times no what what part of this process don't you get then the thing she wants to change is the fucking bar mitzvah picture which she's like ironically is the thing she doesn't like doing now I don't disagree that that's infuriating um right I think so because I think it's totally and I know I know I was that person in my 20s where I could be so um uh independent and feminist and so on but at the same time, when I was younger and less confident and less maybe secure with myself, if I was in a relation, a new relationship with a guy, uh, that could affect the the way I might be thinking about my other things in life that were that were always more important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, she she sees it immediately afterwards, and uh, like she has a line where she where. Um, which is like, you know, see, I'm freaking losing myself when she realizes after a fight she had with Christopher Guest that, ah, she she let this relationship get in the way of something that she has always wanted forever, mm-hmm. um, which is to, you know, to be a artistic photographer as opposed to a, you know, photographer for hire. And I, I th- yeah, I it is infuriating, but I feel like the movie acknowledges and she acknowledges what the fuck did I do? Yeah. Um, and you, you know, you see it. I can't remember if it's right after or right before when she's with um, Christopher Gast and he's making dinner and he's mashing potatoes. And, you know, she just, I, she has that line. She's like, can I be with somebody who doesn't mash potatoes correctly? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel, I, I don't disagree <laughs> because it yeah. is, it is a bad, she makes a terrible decision and um, it's a decision you see coming, you know, when they say, yeah, just, you know, tell me before the show and the day of the show and she doesn't get there. But I think that's part of what this movie is sort of exploring about that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, maybe I think I identify, in a way, I identify with Susan more than I do Francis. Oh, um, see, there you go. There's the difference. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out why. And part of it may just be... Um, I was never because Francis gets is in a far worse situation. I think as far as financials and stability goes. Um, like we know that Susan's having a, kind of a hard time paying her rent. She can't keep her electricity on because she was originally thinking this was a two-person apartment. Now it's a one-person apartment. Um, but it never feels like Susan is really going to be on the street or you know in despair. Um, which, and on a personal note, that's been me. I've never, I've been in parts of my life where I haven't been financially rich. I'm not financially rich now. Um, but I always, part of it's just my own, um, uh, fear. I have always lived within my means. 
so when I was straight out of college and was, you know, working as a dog walker and didn't necessarily, you know, wasn't making big money, I was living in an apartment with three other people for $500 a month. Um, but at the same time, I've, so I've, I, on, on that note, I, I do, I don't identify with Francis as well. And also, I think because Susan, um, I don't know, has kind of made, mis- like, I feel like I've made mistakes like Susan does when I was in my 20s. Um, when I was, when I was younger, I was more a Susan than a Francis. Uh, and so this movie, when I watched this movie the first time, I just, I, I loved it. Um, and rewatching it, it still just really, really works for me because I think I do feel a closeness to this character and to just, you know, the kind of little difficulties you encounter at that age. Yeah, I I think, and I and I guess, and I get that, and I think that. So I think yeah, from the beginning, I definitely. I did not. I don't even know if I identified with Frances's character as much as I believed her and mm. I understood her. Not that I. I guess that's it. I didn't really identify. I understood her. I never really understood Susan, and I got irritated a lot. And I never feel like she actually learned anything. And that's something that Frances Ha kind of fixes. You get so frustrated with Frances, and she ke- keeps doing these stupid fucking things and throwing away opportunities. Right. And and but then she she stops and it's like oh that she's she's she figured it out she's being a grown-up <laughs> and funny enough for me that's the one area of Frances Ha that I might have had a problem with <gasps> really yeah I feel like we're missing an act in in Frances Ha oh, wow. we are missing the um journey or the the moment she makes a decision to live differently and instead we just see the aftermath of that Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little about Francis Ha. Give us a synopsis of Francis Ha. So I hate the IMDb synopsis, but just to compare <laughs> and contrast, a story that follows a New York woman who doesn't really have an apartment, apprentices for a dance company, though she's not really a dancer, and throws herself headlong into her dreams, even as their possibility dwindles. <laughs> yeah, it's just stupid. I hate it. So <laughs> similarly, Francis Ha is about two roommates, but see... I think that they established the their relationship better than the relationship is established in Girlfriends. Um, I understand Greta Gerwig's, Gerwig's sense of loss of her best friend more than I understand Susan's sense of loss. Well, I they think... just tell me that she feel, she misses her. I feel like I it's palpable with Francis. I could I could see that. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's they, the Francis Ha opens with a montage of the two of them kind of hanging out, and mm-hmm. within, like, what, two minutes, you, you understand their friendship and understand, like, the beats of it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then later, when you see her interacting with other friends that aren't Sophie, like, you see the disconnect, and you see where it's just not the same relationship. Yeah. And, and like, I think, I, not to jump to the end of it, but it is... The wraparound is more, I guess, in Girlfriends it is too. Oh, I love because I love that wraparound of Girlfriends. <laughs> but I, I much prefer, as cliche as it is, Frances has this this like little monologue she does about love and how she just wants a relationship where she can look across the room and and with her to her partner and meet eyes and they just know that they're there for each other. 
even if they're not talking or you mm-hmm. know around each other and her and sophie have that moment at the end oh it's gonna make me cry it is really sweet yeah oh it's the sweetest thing <laughs> Oh my god, but it's so, it's a little saccharine, and it's a little cliche, and it's like, of course, but it, I don't know, it worked so well for me, it was so beautiful. So with, um, with girlfriends, we'll talk about the, again, we've said we're going into plot points, so, um, we're not spoiling, because we're telling you we are spoiling. Uh, with girlfriends, there's been a disconnect throughout the film, um, and here and there, you like, and in both films, you do get that argument of when the characters kind of confront each other. Yeah. Uh, and then towards the end of Girlfriends, Claudia, uh, Claudia is the director. Um, Susan has the art show, um, and Bob Balaban comes and says, like, "Oh yeah, Anne's not feeling well. She's at home." And like Susan knows just from that something is up. And also because Bob Balaban has kind of communicated to her, like, "Yeah, she's she's not like." There's kind of a sense where um Anne's husband uh knows maybe Susan is the one to go f- to go help her I think mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. So, so Susan goes to visit Anne and Anne is really down and, and pretty depressed and um you know do you find out why it's because Anne had an abortion that morning and I love how this is handled in the film First of all, it's they actually say it, unlike, you know, in movies today where apparently you're not allowed to say abortion. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's it's kind of, it's matter you understand completely because we get, I think, in a way more Anne and girlfriends than we do Sophie and Frances Ha. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've seen Anne kind of um, have the same issues that Susan had as far as am I losing myself in this relationship? Because Anne, you know, is a mm-hmm. writer and a poet, but when she gets married, obviously, that kind of takes a backseat to things. So she has a baby, and then, you know, clearly she found out she was having another baby and realized, I'm, you know what, I, I don't want to do this right now. I, I want to get back to um, to other things in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Susan's just there for her, and I feel like it's... In both movies, they kind of establish, without necessarily having to come out and say it, that... Both, all four of these women think the other one is um, is a lot happier yeah. than she is, and also that how they all mean so it uh, their opinions of each other mean so much to them, mm-hmm. and then as a result, you sometimes, which I think is true about a lot of my friendships, you end up putting a wall there maybe because you're afraid of what your friend is going to think of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just in both movies, it just feels really real, and I understand that, and it just it's handled so well. I agree. I agree. I I, I think that the for me the strength of girlfriends is that relationship, and I don't. And I I guess I just wish there was more time with it. Sure. Because I I just felt like Sophie, even when she wasn't on screen in Francis Ha, it was an ever present thing. Yeah. But. Like, she talks about her, you know, oh, you've seen Sophie, how so, like, (laughs) type of thing where I didn't feel that way necessarily in Girlfriends. I guess you're doing that thing where you're talking about something and I'm liking it more than I I, (laughs) I went into it. So I am, I I think my issues with Girlfriends, again, is colored by just how over the moon I was for Frances Ha. Sure. Um, There's so many things to like about both of them though Mm -hmm. um independently and when comparing and contrasting um girlfriends was it had to have been revelatory at the time just like 
like like an ama- like it's had a dislikable female protagonist mm-hmm. who doesn't like, look like yeah. the lead character of any film. She looks like she's supposed to be the best friend. And and she's it's and she I, I have to believe that this the fucking she's so indecisive and she's I I don't want a roommate. Oh, I'm going to get a roommate. Oh, yep. roommate, you have to leave. Yeah, I like living like, alone. No, actually, yeah, I ended up with a roommate. No go. Like I feel like that had to all be deliberate and it wasn't just like like I I don't know. It, it, I have to believe that it was all on purpose and that makes it even more interesting. Yeah. Like she and I get what you're saying like uh, about I guess she's the type of 20 something that would have made me mad <laughs> that I would that I would have been like what is your problem get Oh together. yeah, she is the, the, the again, I feel like I identified with her as far as when I was in my 20s, I could see a lot of myself in her. Mm-hmm. Now that I am mid-30s, um, I, I don't identify with her, but I do identify her with friends of mine who frustrate me sometimes mm-hmm. Yeah, with that same thing where you're just like, I, I want to wring your neck and I want you to make the right decision. Yep. Um, and so it's kind of, in a way, it's a full circle, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I find it, for me, I find it interesting because Girlfriends is not the kind of movie I would usually really love. I'm just, I'm not a big indie, just people talking and nothing happening. Like, it's just, it's not my kind of movie. And I think if you gave me the equivalent of this about a guy in his 20s, I would honestly probably be far less. (gasps) Right? I thought the same thing. This is kind of what we talked about with the bronze. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like if if specifically, I thought it specifically when I was watching Francis Ha. If this had been about a dude, and like, so I felt like Francis genuinely had reasons to be upset and to be making these weird choices. She, I get what it's like to live in New York and not have money, mm-hmm. to not feel creatively fulfilled, to feel to feel like you're taking a hit with that promise of something else coming. Yep. To have her parents weren't her parents weren't rich they seem to be doing okay for themselves but they couldn't offer her any help yeah i felt like she was completely justified i also feel like a lot of movies had they chosen to maybe do this in the in in the in the way that you would expect it would be about a guy Mm -hmm. who who was acting like this or doing these things but like had a job he could go and do if he chose to take it like at his dad's firm or right right oh but he doesn't believe in plastics or something like that it would be about the dudes she lived with like adam driver and that other dude that's who it would be about but instead it was about this this kind oh i thought she was so funny and she is awkward yeah so charming like sometimes i had to like look away because she's just so <laughs> awkward but really really sweet and the whole thing with her going to paris and just being there for, for like a night yep. basically yeah it's it's funny because i was when you picked francis ha like i knew it was very well received but i was worried i'm like oh i hope i don't find it insufferable um because that kind of movie can be sometimes to me yeah and um, I've always liked Greta Gerwig. I thought, um, I mean, she's to me, she steals House of the Devil. Uh, and I saw what was one of the movies, is it Baghead? Like one of the Mumblecore movies mm-hmm. where I kind of hated it, but I also like had to appreciate how good she was in it. And I was worried that this would be very kind of hipster cute-ish and that I would kind of uh, just find it frustrating. Yeah. But I don't because she is so lovable 
And I think the key is that um, she doesn't ever seem to outwardly feel sorry for herself. Like, she's in a situation of her own making completely. Um, The world hasn't Mm -hmm. overly been cruel to her. Like, yeah, she gets, like, a couple of bad bad luck knocks. Uh, But it's very much... She has made the choice to be here. She's the one that made the choice to move in you know when when you when i find when they tell you how much she's supposed to be paying to live in a shared two-bedroom apartment oh, in a converted room yes. and it's like oh the rent's 950 no it's actually 1250 what the fuck i didn't pay that yeah. much when i lived in a studio yeah and you know she could have found a share somewhere for less than that you know mm-hmm. so it's but but the character never has that moment of whining about the world or you know, complaining about this or that. Like, she seems very aware of the reason she is where she is is because of who she is and how she's living. Um, And so when she says, you know, I'm so embarrassed, I'm not a real person yet. Mm -hmm. It's a really funny line, and there's a lot of truth to it. And, you know, she knows she's too old in a way to um, to be this irresponsible, but she also just kind of hasn't had that moment to to change and and i think you really just nailed it for me it's that self-awareness that francis has that susan doesn't fair yeah i i think that endeared me much more to her and to this movie she has that self-awareness and it's frustrating that she keeps fucking up or making bad decisions but she's she it's she's so aware of it that i like had my fingers crossed the whole time (laughs) that she would stop right like when she gets off, when they're like, "Okay, you're you're an apprentice or whatever. You're, we're not going to bring you into the company, but would you like to work the front desk?" And she says, "No." I got legitimately angry. <laughs> Come yeah. on, are you? What is wrong? Right here is Why the best chance you, you can have right now. Uh huh. Yeah. So spoiler, she ends up taking it, and it's like a big like turn. And again, that's her- where my like where I had to take a point away from the movie. Because I don't see that moment that turns her back, I guess. And I feel a little cheated that I didn't get that. I would have to watch it again to tell you why that worked for me. Right. But I just know that it did. Because, so she takes the job and she is a person and it's great. (laughs) And she, the whole movie, she's fucking lugging around this dingy backpack. And then she shows up and she has this beautiful tote bag and she is like a little grown lady and it made me cry in her apartment in washington heights just south of my hood i know i said that's where i'm at yeah that's up to me um, and she's like she she's doing all these things that she i guess kind of knew she should right and it was just really nice and i really like yeah no 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 and i i wanted that for her i totally did and i was happy and it wasn't honestly it wasn't until after the movie ended that i'm like you know but I feel I just I feel like we were missing uh, something there, mm-hmm. and I don't know if anything was filmed and cut or if it was just no. This is the way we, we that they chose to do it. Um, it's the movie was co-written. It's directed by Noah Baumbach, and it was co-written by it's him and Greta Gerwig writing it. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it is not imp- it is it because it feels very much like an improv movie, just because it has very natural feeling. Yep. Um, but based on what I've read, it wasn't. Everything was scripted pretty tightly and was followed to script, which 
speaks very well to the cast because I think it's even harder to deliver that kind of dialogue in a way that feels really real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Greta Gerwig has been doing that for her whole career and doing it very well. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's a good cast too. You get, um, I mean, both films have a lot of like, oh look, it's that person. Yeah. Uh, so you get Adam Driver. Um, you get. Who's just so icky in this movie? Yeah, I love it. it. It is great. And again, like that was a and and again, maybe this is where it comes down to is where why I think my preference goes to girlfriends versus Francis Ha is because those aren't my friends. My fr- I wouldn't have been friends with probably a Sophie and an Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. They're they're a little too cool for me. <laughs> and I felt like they were too cool for Francis too. Yes, yes, and I think. Um, you do kind of get to that because I feel like when you first see her and Adam Driver together they meet at a party and it feels like oh this is going to be a relationship and then she comes in to move with them and like he clearly has no interest whatsoever in her and you see the women that he's always with and they're just kind of gorgeous um seem they seem younger they just seem to be like model types uh but even the friend being like a wannabe SNL writer I just I feel like all of those people are not the people I would associate with. I would associate yeah. with the Susans. <laughs> I I I get that. I I am not cool or hip or anything. You are. No, but you're, you're cooler uh, than me. Let's. It's okay. No, no, you're my hero. Um, you're a nerdy hero. <laughs> that's true. Um, I I don't know. I knew those those guys mm-hmm. when I lived in New York though I worked in restaurants with them oh I'm sure you did like <laughs> I've never worked in a restaurant so I've like never known those kinds of people oh my gosh so and I, I yeah there's just there's something really endearing but like frustrating and icky about them like like they, they were predictable in like a really comforting way yeah and I think the movie acknowledges that Right when Sophie comes to visit the apartment, I forget some of the lines she says. Um, but I mean, she's one of them. I know is like, "Oh, the only people that can afford to be artists in New York are rich," which is a good mm-hmm. line and a true line. Uh, but also, she kind of what does she say? She's like, "Oh, this apartment is very expected," or it's it's something like that. That like you totally get what she's saying. Like, yeah, this looks like a bunch of because that's the thing in this movie. Everybody is kind of overeducated. Yeah. Right? Like, they are sort of millennial, that, like, the definition of the overeducated millennial without, like, a real job, without kind of, um, like, a real sort of under... I don't want to say... Because I don't want to be, like, one of those people that speaks down to millennials. Like, that's bullshit. Um, uh, But there is, like, that, I guess, I'm going to go more hipster than millennial. How's that? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I can see that. So they're, they're definitely of their time. Yes. Yes. I guess is a good, is a good way to look at it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with Francis, like, again, like some of the endearing things, she, well, she gave, she has one line in this movie that I have since used like three times this week. Um, I wonder if you remember it. Uh, it's when she's, you know, looking at her apartment and the um, other guy, not Adam Driver, is like looking around at the mess. And she says, I'm not, I'm not messy. I'm busy. 
Yeah, so I was very charmed by that. <laughs> I've used it three times, both um, at home and at work. <laughs> uh, but I mean, because Francis, like, I realized like what she kind of reminded me of, oddly enough, kind of reminded me of like Lestrada and um, Sweet Charity, where it's this character that's just kind of like unlucky, not in a great place, but just has a cheerfulness about her that like helps get her through it and it makes you really root for her the whole time yeah yeah i definitely i was definitely pulling for francis more than i was pulling for susan seemed a bit like i said um unaware and a a little bit wallowy like Mm -hmm. and i guess maybe maybe wallowing is the wrong way to look at it yeah i don't i feel like susan though gets angry with herself in girlfriends yeah, I can see that. If you if you hadn't said some things to back that up, I I wouldn't agree with that because I my first read on her was not that like but I I, I think maybe I was missing some stuff or I had already made up my mind about yeah. how to feel that I didn't didn't look for the clues to maybe see that she was cuz I when I see her flippy floppiness, like how the roommate thing and the you know um pictures how she wants the gallery set up and like going back and forth with I don't want a boyfriend oh I'm in a relationship now with this guy because he kind of showed up like I I was reading that as wallowy but maybe it wasn't maybe maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way yeah because I feel like the roommate thing is she's kind of gone you know been living alone and clearly like is there's some joy in that but I think you know she gets this opportunity basically to have a random roommate who she yeah. finds interesting. You know, she picks up a hitchhiker. Uh, and there's there's something like, yeah, just stay with me for a while. Like, I think I do need this. And it, it's basically when Anne comes back in the picture mm-hmm. that Susan kind of sees a different perspective on it. Because Anne, of course, immediately doesn't like the roommate. Uh, and points out things that Susan, like, first defends. Because, and again, this is so something I would do. Um you know, Anne sees, like, laundry out, and she's like, I thought you hated doing laundry. And she's like, oh, no, I'm doing my roommate's laundry. Like, it's that kind of thing where you're defending it. You're like, no, 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 oh, no, I offered to do it. It's fine, it's fine. And then when, you know, Anne is gone, suddenly Susan's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, that's really interesting. It's really interesting that you say that, because I did not pick up on that at all, and I think that that is very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I did. I, I didn't. I didn't view Anne to be as weighty in the story I didn't view her to be such a driving force like I said I felt like she was gone and I didn't have anything to do with her until she showed back up and it suddenly did yeah and I I mean I guess I again this is also the second time I've watched it Mm -hmm. um so I knew where it was going so I knew kind of maybe I was paying more attention to that but yeah I I feel like it is you know and it's it's I think it's true of a lot of your really powerful or older friendships that you have with different people mm-hmm. uh where you know there are some things that you maybe you um you know you can only tell some friends and then there's some things you don't want to tell certain friends because you know they're going to tell you the truth yeah and you know sometimes you you don't want to hear it uh and it's and as you know to me like it being a good friend is really important to me. Um, like, I, I put a lot of um, importance on, you know, 
being there for my friends. Well, you're very successful. Oh, boy, thank you. I try. Uh, and I think the hardest, the hardest thing as a friend, it is not being there when something terrible happens. The hardest thing is um, making the decision of when you have to tell your friend or like sit down your friend and talk about something, the unpleasant right mm-hmm. it's it's not when it's when your friend is making a bad decision and you you know that she knows it um and that decision you have to make of is it my job to tell her this or am i costing a friendship in doing that mm-hmm. and it happens a lot with relationships that's to me the primary driver of that when you know you think your friend is in a wrong rela- a romantic relationship and you have to weigh is it the right thing for me to say this or not and sometimes it's not mm-hmm. uh and you know that's i i feel like both of these films do um do, do get that do understand the kind of very very complicated heavy and really important weight and maze that is female friendships yeah uh, and they are not perfect. And one of one thing I love in Girlfriends is um, I can't remember what what the moment is with Susan, but like Susan's just been through something where she's annoyed. Maybe it's when she's recording her voicemail, and then you cut to Anne writing a thank you letter um, for a wedding gift, and it's just loaded with all this bullshit and anger. Yeah, and I love that. Like it's just this moment of like these two women are are uh, not to say they're similar because it's not that, but that. They are in similar places at this moment, but they don't, they've, they're angry at each other, so they're not communicating that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, I, you know, with Frances Ha, we get it where Sophie seems to be on an upward track, right? She is, has a great job. Her um, boyfriend has an even better job. Uh, you know, now she moves to Tokyo and she has a blog and there's all these great pictures. Yeah. You know, and of course, when she talks to Francis and you realize, like, Sophie's kind of miserable. Yep. And Francis had no I, idea. I loved that. And that, that led up to, and just that, like, Sophie had come off as really, like, much more together yeah. As a, yeah and together developed as a person knew who she was yep like was do, ma- making the right choices you and know? making choices too which is i think yeah. that in yeah. itself is a hard thing when you're in your 20s no that, that's true and like so to see her kind of like sh- be just so unhinged and just yeah. so like far gone and then so that scene that whole thing where she shows up at you know their old their College. alma mater yeah. like Francis is working it, which I completely fucking relate to. And then Sophie shows up and is completely drunk and makes an ass of herself. And I was so frustrated with Sophie and how stupid she was being. And I, I was just so irritated. And then how, how mean she is to her, I guess, fiance or husband at that point. Right. Like Francis, her, he and Francis have that moment though of like, they, they say that they like each other. I love that, that. that. that punched me in the stomach too. It was really sweet and really yeah, honest. Yeah, it was. Oh, love it. Yeah, and and again, like I feel like girlfriends has a similar moment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, with, with, at the gallery, right? Yeah, we're we're Bob Balaban with clothes on. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> uh, shows up and you know and talks to Claudia and it's, it's I keep saying Claudia because we haven't talked about the director yet, but the director is Claudia Well. Um, but he shows up to talk to Susan and it is this. Again, this really nice 
moment between friend and friend's husband. Um, And and I like that for both because, I mean, neither one spends a lot of time developing that that male character because it's by no means part of necessary to the film. But it could have been really easy to make that character um, less complicated or simpler. And I think both films make that a person and a sympathetic person at that. Yeah, I I almost forgot about that that moment at the at her opening. But yeah, at the t- when I first watched it at the time, I I really enjoyed that too again because it was very earnest and very mm-hmm. it it made this character because in Frances Ha, she had vilified, I guess his, they called him Patch, I think, right? Patch, yeah. Yeah, she had she had really vilified him and viewed him as like this stupid like oaf that was taking her person away right and like to it made him so that's all we knew for all we know he is the stupid oaf that's taking her person away but it, it made him of an understandable likable oh yeah you just get that one moment awful. you're like no it's there's a there's something else at work here so in this it's the same thing in girlfriends too you go yep. oh he's just a person and and maybe people are are projecting their own things onto onto him or how he's impacting yeah these these women's relationships yeah yeah and i really- think with girlfriends in particular it's it, it, these are all Anne's it's Anne's decision to get married it's Anne's decision to have a child uh to put college off because you know she's having a child and, you know, it does come full circle because it's also her decision completely alone because she does not talk to her husband about it to have an abortion. Yep. Uh, and so it's not, again, like, never does it feel like it is Bob Balaban coming, swooping in and taking her away from Susan. Yep. It's very much Anne's making these choices. And, you know, at the same time, Susan has made choices that... Um, has driven Anne away. Because, you know, we find out Susan kind of felt like, well, you're always with christopher guest whose character's name i can't remember and you know it's it works both ways even though we've only kind of seen the one side of it it's very clear at that mm-hmm. moment that oh no this was going on both ways yep yep um in both films i like that we get to meet again like how how, how parallel these films are we get to meet our protagonist's parents uh, as you mentioned earlier, in Frances Ha, they're, they are played by Greta Gerwig's real parents. Oh, are they? Because yeah. I, I know that she goes back to Sacramento, and I was looking on IMDb, and I didn't realize that Greta Gerwig, I guess, is from Sacramento. Yeah, and those are her... I don't know if that, that was a real house. It might have been, but those were her real parents. I love that. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's it's really amazing. sweet. And again, like, it's nice that it's just normal and, and nice, because again, so many of these movies would have made it something complicated where the mother was nagging about her coming home or that they were rich or poor in this case like no it's just you know this she does i don't know it just it was a smart decision i think the way that's done Mm -hmm. um and we meet susan's parents at the uh photo gallery which is just cute to meet them very cute too yeah um yeah they they get to meet her rabbi (laughs) (laughs) yeah another frustrating side story thing that happens and but, you go um, what did you think of that side story i love that side story um i lo- i was okay with it sure she made me irritated i guess i i uh, for all the the same reasons though yeah like 
like it, she should have known better but she was but afterwards know, she does she, know that she should have known better she yeah i guess you're right i like i said i i was super judgy yeah like she does she may she sleeps with a married rabbi um it is exciting she's excited about it and a week later she realizes oh what the fuck was i thinking this isn't going anywhere this was stupid um, mm-hmm. But she, like, I feel like you see it in her face when she walks away. Everything is there, and she, she knew at that point she made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's I don't know for me. Like, I'm okay with characters making mistakes. It's more like I want to know what they do after, and I yeah. feel like this movie shows me that. I I think maybe after talking that I would have a different experience if I rewatched it. Okay. Well, in one year from now, you will. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, I'm glad that you picked it, though. Yeah, it's, and I really, I wanted to, as soon as I watched it, whenever it was, a couple months or a year ago, I was like, we have to cover this one day, because I, I, A, I want to talk about it, and B, I really want more people to see it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one that, um, when you start digging around and reading about it, I feel like a lot of people had a similar experience to me where few people saw this movie when it came out, few people had heard about it, because it's just not often discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of years ago, I guess it kind of had a resurgence that um, there was a film project, I think it was a festival called I Am Dora, that was all about recovering like female-directed and female-fronted films. Mm-hmm. And so this was one of the films featured. And it, I think from there, helped get a, like, a lot of conversation reignited about it. And then Lena Dunham did a film festival at BAM a couple of years ago where she was showing like some of her favorite films and she showed this movie and basically said, look, I didn't see this movie before I made, I guess, Tiny Furniture, mm-hmm. but, and this was a quote that she said was, um, okay, uh, so she saw it, I think, I think it was after she made Tiny Furniture, apparently like Lena Dunham's, Dunham's mother was like, have you ever seen Girlfriends? You really should. And um, so Lena Dunham said after that, I almost thought, have I seen this movie and been gently ripping it off for the last five years? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so it's like sort of slowly kind of gotten some attention. Yeah. And again, after when I started reading up about Frances Ha, I noticed a lot of people were citing Girlfriends along with it and saying it's it's kind of like a new version of Girlfriends. So they... You know, it's, I guess it's out there in conversation, but I have mm-hmm. never heard anybody talk about it. I had to, I had to actively look for discussion on it. Yeah. Um, the director was Claudia Wheel or Weil, W E I L L. Um, and after this movie, she was like sort of um, noticed with this movie, even though it didn't do well. She did get like a big budget movie after. She kind of like had a. a chance like to pick from several movies to make so she made it's my turn with jill clayberg mm-hmm. i have not seen it it sounds intriguing and seems as though um it uh, apparently it bombed it did not do well uh but it's uh, something i'm gonna seek out afterwards she did do a lot of directing on tv mm-hmm. um and i think she was like heavily involved in the show 30 something which the actress who played susan oh, was also on um, but so she's since directed a lot. Eventually, she directed an episode of Girls. Lena Dunham, like, specifically had her direct one. Um, even more interesting, I think, is that Melanie Mayron, who plays Susan, um, also worked as an actress fairly steadily. 
but she also became a director. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you looked her up. Some of her directing credits are fascinating. Oh, okay. Well, I have it open right now. I guess I can take a look. Over. She directed several episodes of Pretty Little Liars. <gasps> Did she really? Yeah. She directed the Babysitter's Club movie. I love that movie. Me too. We should cover that one day. We should. Hey. And like it fits, it totally fits with us, with it being like female and everything. Um, She's an episode of PLL too. Yeah, I didn't, I have to go back and find that one and see. I have to figure, I have to figure it out. Yeah, she still acts. Like her acting credits are all like waitress. Um, But she also directed something called Mean Girls 2, which I did not know was a thing. There is a second one. I have never seen it, though. Yeah, I, and it is directed by Susan Weinblatt of Girlfriends. Fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's directed episodes of Jane the Virgin, and she's been in episodes of Jane the Virgin, so that's really interesting. Have you watched that show? I've heard really good things, but I haven't watched it. Um, I've seen it a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've... I, I mean, I can see that it's probably pretty compelling, but like, if you just turn it on, it's on TV. Like, it's like uh, I don't understand this. Gotcha, gotcha. How it, you're right. It's a very, very interesting resume. Yeah, very much. And I wonder if it was just, you know, the kind of case of an of an actor who didn't look the Hollywood part, so probably didn't get the best roles in anything. Um, thinking, okay, maybe I'll direct because I'll get apparently more opportunity there oddly enough yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff like nine dawson's creek like the 90210 yeah and it's and and like kind of um uh when you compare it to claudia wheel's uh directorial resume it's interesting too just because she did some my soul called life chicago hope Caroline in the City, just in a really, and I mean, we've seen that happen with a lot of female directors where they seem to get work in TV much more so than film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, it's, it's heartening to me that, that she's worked so, right, so much and so recently. I mean, one could argue she should have been working more, right? But like, it's still cool, like, to see something like Pretty Little Liars on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to seek out Claudia Wheel's other film. It's my turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for Francis Ha, uh, have you? I, what, what's your Noah Baumbach experience? Um, you can't see it, but I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> I don't really. I don't really. I don't get it most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the reasons why I didn't. I wasn't like. Um, I have to, I have to see this, you know, um, even though people had said they really, really liked it, um, what's the one that everybody likes kicking, kicking and screaming, right? I didn't like kicking and screaming, um, I've never seen, um, The Squid and the Whale, and somebody told me I should watch Mistress America, which I guess, um, Greta Gerwig. That is also him and Greta Gerwig, yeah. Yeah, which I will look at. I what I don't I'm not typically a fan of his writing, um, so I wonder if having Greta as like a co-writer. I think did she also co-write in Mistress America? Um, I'm not sure. I can I think click she on did. that. Oh uh, yeah, she right did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So maybe it'll work for me. Maybe that additional voice helps me with Noah Baumbach. 
Yeah, of his stuff, the only other thing um, I've seen, what I, I don't think I saw Margo at the wedding. Did I see Margo at the wedding? That's Nicole Kidman, isn't it? I'm not sure. Um, I can click on it. It is. I, I, is it? I think I did, and I think I liked it, but I have no memory of it. Mm. Um, with, what was the other? Squid in the Well, I, do, I did like, and I feel like that was the, everything about that movie I could have hated. Yeah. Uh, because it is about pretentious people, and it's um, a movie like that can get very dangerously pretentious. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the joke was on them that it was yes, no, they are pretentious, and um, we are laughing at them, not mm-hmm. like laughing underneath them. I guess. Um, so I did like Squid in the Whale, and I guess that's. And I think I like Margot at the wedding, but I, again, I don't quote me on that. Yeah, and then there's like the. Uh, written by credit for uh, Life Aquatic, which is a movie that I don't enjoy. I have not seen the Life Aquatic. I, I'm not. That's not really my scene. That whole thing. I, I get that it's like people's thing, so I don't. I, I go out of my way not to speak negatively or use sweeping generalizations. Mm-hmm. But it's just not for me. He also <laughs> did the screenplay for, although I guess along with Wes Anderson for Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was cute. Yeah, I love that movie. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, it's a case where um, it depends on maybe who he's working with. Yeah, maybe. Which is fine. I mean, fine. You know, that's why having multiple diverse voices can work sometimes. Mm, Absolutely. Obviously, it doesn't work sometimes when you have five people with writing credits on a movie that just got passed around. Yeah. But if somebody collaborates, it can, can, you know, maybe channel that voice in different ways. Mm -hmm. Something we didn't talk about is that Francis Ha is filmed in black and white. Yeah, it's filmed in black, black and white. And I like um, a lot the way that that looks. And I like the way at the end that um, it, you know why it's named that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I love the title reveal. I think that's very cute. It was it was just such a joyous, wonderful experience. Yep. yep. Yeah. And I think the black and white works for it really well. I think for a few reasons. One, I think it, it looks great. I think it's, you know, it's kind of like any black and white photograph has like a poetry to it. That mm-hmm. looks more interesting and deeper than if it was in color. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps to probably like ground it to where it's not looking. I don't know too modern. It kind of takes it back a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I wonder too. Like it almost. I wonder if it's like in any way kind of an, a Man- uh, an ode to Mon- Manhattan or not. Mm-hmm. The Woody Allen movie. Just like some of the shots and stuff, just made me think of that. It could have just been. I wouldn't say coincidence because I'm sure Noah Baumbach is a has watched many a Woody Allen film, uh, <laughs> probably. Yeah, but it that, that decision worked on me. Yeah, and I yeah, think I especially with Paris, I think the Paris stuff felt like it felt right that that was in black and white. Yeah, it was. It was. Um... It wasn't as pompous or pretentious as I had worried it was going to be. I was very worried that it would be. Um, and I found, again, I think it is the the key, I think, is just Greta Gerwig. I think that that character and her performance keeps it from being um, too cool, I guess. Yeah. I think that's the key. Uh, Francis is not cool. And I, I really assumed watching this, that's why I was going to be watching a story about a cool girl. And I, I'm not. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. And that helps a lot. Yes. Uh, another, like, one of the other moments of Francis Ha that I found really charming 
was um, when she writes the note for her chair that she leaves out on the street. Oh, yeah. It's really sweet. It's just, you know, perfect chair, can't fit in storage, nothing wrong with it, please take. Like, there's just that attachment you have when you don't have that much to what you have. Yeah. And I think that, like, it's just a moment that really endears her to me. Oh, yeah, I really, I really did enjoy it. This is a movie that I will watch again. It is amazing, mm-hmm. and I loved it so much. Yeah. Um, and similarly with Girlfriends, there's a moment where Susan goes to get a haircut, and, like, she brings a picture of, like, a haircut she wants, and the hairdresser says, like, this isn't going to work with your face. And I feel like I've had that said to me before. Yeah. Um, and I just find that moment. So, like, again, yeah, I identify with that. Yeah. Uh, and Susan also puts ice cubes in her red wine, which I kind I, of dig. I thought that was cute. Yeah. I feel like, why have I never done that? Because I'll put my red wine in the refrigerator, even though you're not supposed to, just because I like it better that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can take it one step further very soon. I have put some ice in some wine, so... Yeah, in red wine? It. Yes. Okay. I I hate red wine. I've put seltzer water in red wine. <laughs> I could see that. I had a friend who used to put seltzer in beer because she didn't like beer, but like that was all she could drink, so she would yeah. d- seltzer it up. Yeah, just just to get it in there. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. So so much we learned and took from these two films. Oh, loved it. Yeah. All right. Do you have more to say, or should we go ahead and rate them? I don't think I do. Let's do it. Okay. So we'll start with girlfriends. Quality of film. I'm going to go 7.25. I'm going to go um, 6.75. Okay. I feel like this is really good for what it is, but I can't, um, you know, make a case to say this is this grand, ambitious, like, no, the whole point of it's kind of that it's very small. So uh, quality of life from film. Um, Seven. And for me, like, this is an 8.75. Mm-hmm. I, I find, like, again, I see a lot of myself in this movie and in a way it's a good thing because I see a lot of my younger self in this movie mm-hmm. uh, and so I just find it um, personal and refreshing and I watch it and I feel somehow like more grown up watching it um, and I just love the voice of it and I feel like it was I could tell that this was a film and I should say it's it's not Cornywell didn't write it it was written by Vicky Polin I think who didn't do much else Um but it just feels like a female experience and I identify with it and I love it for all those reasons. So I recommend it heartily. Now on to Francis. Ha! Yes. Quality of film. 8.5. I'm going to go 7.5. Which is about the same as what I gave her friends. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Because again, I, I feel like there is a chunk missing. That bothers me. Yeah. Uh, quality of life. Nine. Um, for me, I will go 775. Really enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Um, yeah, maybe I can go to eight because it did make me feel good. I'll go eight. It's charming. Yeah, wow, solid that's, eight. That's a pretty good score. Yeah. Yeah. So both movies can be found in the world and we recommend you watch both. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, I guess our recommend would be to watch Girlfriends first then maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wish I could go back in time. Well, maybe there's a way to do that. By 
visiting the lake house? Again, I've been watching like 12 monkeys all day, so I'm really yeah. trying to like channel, maybe oh. I can travel in time. Nope, not happening yet. <laughs> one day, one day. All right, so now do you have a streaming recommend to give to the people at home? I do. It is a classic Netflix streaming Ooh, recommend. look at you. I know. Throwback. Um, Huh? Throwback style. I know. I know. I'm being I'm really, really going back to my roots here. Um, it is a documentary, kind of, mm-hmm. um, called uh, Casting Jean, B- Jean Bonnet. It's... Oh, I've seen this pop up around, and I didn't think it was something I'd be interested in. Tell me why I should watch it. So you might love it, but I could easily see somebody hating it. Okay. Um, it is different it um i remember reading like stuff afterwards and it's it's described in a lot of different ways but it's not a a straight like investigation type movie it's not a documentary and it's not really like like a recreation kind of thing like a reenactment but it is all of those things it's basically the premise is that they are filming a non-existent movie based on the JonBenet Ramsey case so they have all these people and I believe all of them are local to Boulder mm-hmm. if not they're all like have some relationship to the story or you know remember where they were when or their friend knew this person okay, sure so it's all interviews with them but they're also auditioning for the characters in the movie Ooh, that are I love that kind of documentary actually people but there is no movie um but there are reenactment scenes okay i'm into it i'm into it i loved it i don't think zach liked it as much as i did i was 100 percent all in to the premise it was so weird and so interesting yeah uh, i'm a big fan of documentaries that do stuff like that i think that you would like it but if somebody was like oh i hated that movie i would completely understand why Okay, I'll, I'll so, give it a go. I did not think I had any interest, but you have made me interested in it. Oh, good. I hope you take a look at it. Mm-hmm. I will. Okay, um, my recommend is going to be via Amazon Prime. Okay. And this is just because I was happened to be on Amazon Prime looking through things, and I'm like, oh, holy shit, Moonlight's on Amazon Prime. I did not know that. Yeah, so Moonlight, which is the official Best Picture winner of the year. Um, and how, you know, for as much hatred as we could put on um, the past year of our lives, uh, we can all be thankful that, you know what, in 2017, Moonlight, a movie about uh, a gay black man, uh, won Best Picture. And that's pretty damn great. Um, Moonlight's wonderful. It is uh, a special film in a lot of ways. And again, emotionally, this is a movie that I watched and I was I was into, I was enjoying it, and it ended, and it took me a minute, and then all of a sudden I kind of started crying. Because it just, <gasps> there's a reveal very late in the movie that um, kind of puts everything in a certain context, and you just realize how sad life can be for some people who don't mm-hmm. um, make certain decisions in their life to be who they are. Uh, and I found that really, really um, very powerful. And I think everybody should watch it. So go get it. It is on Amazon Prime. I would like to watch it. And I've been afraid of being too upset. It is not 
a tragedy. I mean, this is not a movie where at the end you're sorting through blood and body parts. Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally, it just it is about something so specific uh, that I mean, I have not gone through, but I certainly know people that have, and I just if I imagine um, not being able to to be who I am, I think. It's really, really powerful and upsetting, and I think um, it really says something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts on it. Well, thank you for letting me know it's on Amazon Prime. Indeed, yes. Uh, now, do you have anything burning desire to do for the next episode? I have had nothing in my brain. Okay, I had an idea, and I don't know if it's a good idea. <gasps> what? All right, so here's the thing. Dangerous. So I'm flipping through Amazon Prime, seeing what's on there, and I notice a movie that I'm like, oh, this is connected to a movie that we both just saw recently, mm-hmm. which is Patty Jenkins' Monster. Okay. Uh, have you seen it? Yes. Okay. Um, want to cover it? Yes. Okay. Um, think about what you want to pair it with. I'll give okay. you first uh, dibs at that. Okay. Uh, and that's what we will talk about next time. Again, it is on Amazon Prime, so people can go oh, play along at home. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm picking it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, make <laughs> life easier for both of us. Thank you. I guess I missed that part. Uh... Yeah. I remember liking it, so I'm really curious to um, check it out. Yeah, let's let's revisit it. I haven't seen it oh, since the theaters. I didn't realize that she directed the pilot of The Killing, arguably one of my favorite television shows ever. Interesting. Um, I, I don't know anybody of, that watched The Killing. Oh, one of the reasons why I moved here. Huh. It, they made it look really pretty. <laughs> How about that? So thanks, Patty Jenkins. There you go. Okay, I'm going to have to put my thinking cap on for this. I'm going to allow you to do that. Take your time. we got time. Okay. Okay. All right, folks. So in the meantime, um, do check out Francis Hong Girlfriends if you can. Please. We, we heartily endorse it. All right. And don't put a man before your ambitions. Right, girl? Right. Damn Never straight. That. Bye-bye. What did Richard Burton mean, almost? Not long ago, I was talking to Stephen Sondheim about his song, I'm Still Here. I told him that I had heard women in their 60s sing, I'm Still Here. 50s, even. And a couple of times in their 40s. I'm still here. Where have they been? (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous. And so I told him that, not that he asked me or anything, but I... I told him that I would never touch that song until I was, what, 80 years old. That makes sense to me. 80, I'm still here. But, you know, it is such a great song. I'm not going to wait 20 years to sing it. What are you laughing at? times and bum times I've seen them all and my dear I'm still here plush velvet sometimes sometimes just pretzels and beer but I'm here I've stuffed the dailies in my shoes 
strummed ukulele, sung the blues. Seen all my dreams disappear, but I'm here. I've slept in shanties, guest of the WPA, but I'm here. Danced in my scanties, three bucks a night was the pay, but I'm here. I've stood on red lines with the best, watched while the headlines did the rest in the depression. Was I depressed nowhere near? I met a big financier and I'm here. I've been through Gandhi, Wally, and Windsor's affair, but I'm here. Amos and Andy, Marjan and Platinum Hair. But I'm here. I got through Amy's Irish Rose, five Dion babies, major bowls, had heebie-jeebies for BB's bathosphere. I lived through Brenda Fraser, and I'm here. I've gotten through Herbert and J. Edgar Hoover. Gee, that was fun and a half. When you've been through Herbert and J. Edgar Hoover, anything else is a laugh. I've been through Reno. I've been through Beverly Hills. And I'm here. Reefers and vino, rest cures, religion and pills. But I'm here. Been called a pinko, commie tool. Got through it stinkle by my pool. I should have gone to an acting school. That seems clear. <laughs> Still, someone said she's sincere, so I'm here. Black sable one day, next day it goes into hock. But I'm here. Top billing Monday, Tuesday you're touring in stock. But I'm here. First you're another slow-eyed vamp. Someone's mother, then your camp, then you career from career to career. I'm almost through my memoirs, I'm here. I've gotten through, hey lady, aren't you who's this? Wow, what a look at you were. Or better yet, Sorry, I thought you were Hooses. Whatever happened to her? Good times and bum times, I've seen them all and my dear. I'm still here. Push, bell 
but sometimes, sometimes just pretzels and beer. But I'm here. I have run the gamut, A to Z. Three cheers and damn it, say la vie. I got through all of last year, and I'm here. 